No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house. We are live today on March 2nd. It is a wonderful Saturday. It's not raining, so as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty wonderful. Especially when they say we're going to have either rain, at least the snow's off the agenda, so that might be nice. All right, we've already got someone on the phone line, so why don't we go ahead and hit Matthew, then we'll get some information out there. Hey, Matt. Dr. Friday, excellent music. Thank you. We're rocking it out. May may I give you some numbers and tell me if I have to go through the tax filing situation? I'll do my best. Social Security, 22-3, a pension, 2,000, and some banks, $69. No, sir. You do not have to do any filing unless, unless for some reason somebody withheld taxes. That would be the only reason to do it. Nope, didn't have any of that. You've got it, Matt. You are finally at the point where you don't have to share in the tax burden. Love you. Thank you. No problem, mate. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. This is the Dr. Friday Show, and we are live today. So if you want to join the show, 737-9986-615-737-9986 is the phone number here in the studio. If you've got questions, uh, just really quickly, because Matt and I apparently were both on the same page, but to get everyone else to join in, what he was asking is, was he needing to file an actual uh, 1040 tax return this year or a version of that, 1040A or EZ? Um, If you only make Social Security tax or have a very limited income with exception of that, in his case, less than $3,000, there is the provisional tax code, which is half of your Social Security plus what you actually have collected. And if that adds up to more than 30000 as an individual or starts in about twenty five, then we would have had to look at taxes. In his case, he was fine. No worries. Matt gets to, to live a, another day without having to file a tax return. So April 15th has no bearing on Matt's life, unlike you and I. So we've got a couple deadlines. As a, an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, that is what I do every single day. And it's at least six days a week because I do my radio show every Saturday. So there you go. Five days a week we're working. So if you've got questions concerning that or maybe you've got a friend or someone that's actually dealing with some tax issues, feel free to give us a call here in the studio at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I will tell you that many of us that deal with the Internal Revenue Service and often deal with the Tax Advocate Office, I don't know if I could actually probably brag enough about them. You may have heard during the early breakthrough or whatever, Nina Olson is going to be retiring. Um, that may have a huge effect. The Tax Advocate's Office um, gives assistance to taxpayers. When you have your hands in the air, you, you just cannot deal with a tax issue any longer because the people you seem to be getting either on the phone or in some other situation having to get them the right information, and they're still not on the right page. You know you've got the right documentation, but yet I cannot get the, the revenue um, to deal with it, the IRS in themselves. You can call, open a ticket with the tax advocate's office. I just had one resolved, and when the IRS closed, you know, they had to put everything on hold, and I specifically had a, a, an advocate officer call me. Well, I've had several officers call me, and they are all very nice, but this one, she called and apologized because it was closed, and it took so long for her to get to the case. 
Now, you know, and again, I know we all deal with the Internal Revenue Service, and heck, I make a living doing it. But just to say the people that work for the, the Internal Revenue Service, especially the ones working here locally um, in collections and, and the advocate's office, I will say do their very best to try to comply. It took me three years, finally got the case open twice by the advocate's office. This one called me on Friday and said, hey, Friday, you know what? We got that case fully resolved. The refund should be coming. This person's been waiting for a refund for, I don't know, like I said, three years. So that being said, if you've got tax issues or you need help with that, or maybe you're just looking at your 20 2018s. You can join the show. Ask your question, 615-737-9986. Let's go to Steve in Hendersonville. Hey, Steve. Hey, how are you today? I am awesome. I've got a situation or two I'd like to discuss with you. Okay, I'm all ready. All right. First off, uh, I am retired, get a Social Security, uh, do a little bit of side work, so I end up with a 1099. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a tiny little bit coming in from a, a retirement account that's a required minimum distribution. Okay. And my wife's on Social Security as well. We had her on uh, Affordable Care Act health insurance last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to file, whether or not I should file her uh, individual and the individual or file joint uh, to minimize my burden. Um, I mean, again, I don't know what your 1099 is or, or your 1099R. Obviously, um, assuming you say a little amount, but that can be a difference between everyone's life, you know. But if yeah. if your combined income, let's just say you're making $10,000 between your RMD and your 1099, assuming that you guys have standard, you know, 30000 or each making 25000 or thereabouts in Social Security, um, that would make you at 35. So theoretically, you'd be right on the border of what you need to file. But now the marketplace does a whole different thing than the IRS. We don't – the marketplace looks at your Social Security, I believe, as income total. I mean you can't – you know, the IRS only tax 85 percent, but the marketplace, I believe, says, well, if you make this much money, this is how much you're reporting. Don't I'm not an expert, so I'm not sure, but um, otherwise you should be in a fairly low tax bracket. I mean you should be in the 10 percent tax bracket unless – unless you're making better on that 1099 that I'm picturing. Well, uh, my Social Security is about 28. Mm-hmm. Hers is 10. Okay. My uh, RMD is about 1600 but they take taxes out, so that's pretty much covered. So you say 1600 a month? No, it's a year. Oh, it's okay. It's a tiny little thing. Okay. And uh, my uh, last year's 1099 for my side work was uh, about seven grand. Well, I mean, all in all, with the, with the exception of having your um, having to file because of the seven thousand dollars from um, the ten ninety nine, and you still have to pay Social Security tax on it, right? I mean, depending on what expenses yeah. or whatever. Otherwise, you will have no ordinary income tax due because that all adds up to twenty four, and the first waiver is twenty four. So, you uh, taking half of the Social Security plus your sixteen plus the seven is adding up to about twenty four thousand dollars. So, I'm I'm picturing. You know, somewhere you're going to be little to no tax bracket at all, especially if you have some expenses to write off against that seven, which I'm assuming you are. Um, I could, yeah. Um, with regard to her, if I were to file her separate, um, her income is 10. She, has, the, uh, she doesn't have any requirement yeah. to file. I mean, if it's just her, she would have no tax return because her only income is Social Security. Okay. And then what's the deal with the. Uh, 
uh, Obamacare. Uh, she was only on for four months, and I think when I ran some numbers, uh, she had hit like 4500 or something like that for what her uh, advanced cre- uh, tax credit was. Uh, and from what I saw, I ended up having to pay uh, tax on that or something, and it got me a little confused. Well, I guess it depends on what she said the household income was or what her income. I'm assuming you're – are you covered by Medicare? I am, yes. Okay. She is not. So, I mean, her income's the only income that you're really looking at, and she's only – I mean, she's not really has any income, but there's $10,000. So I'm thinking, without looking at what she's filed, I don't see where you would have a payback. Okay, super. So, I'm going to bring some papers over to okay. you, I think, in the next week or two and let you go through this. Because when I did it last year, I ended up owing them a whole bunch of money, and it just didn't seem right. So, Yeah, we need to review that and just see. And this will be your last year to have to deal with it at least. Then you'll be back to the uh, not having to worry about the insurance thing. You know, 18 is the right. finish of that. So at least yeah. we'll be able to move forward. But, yeah, give me a holler, okay? All right. I certainly appreciate Thanks, it. And have a wonderful day, sweetheart. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, we are live here in the studio. So if you have a question, you want to throw some numbers around, I'll do my best. 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We are finally getting the IRS is open. I have had a couple situations where the IRS has been delaying some of the refunds. Um, many of my clients, um, you know, after a few days, will go check the IRS website to find the status, especially if it's been a week or two. And, you know, normally we get our refunds back in, you know, normally 21 days or less. Um, and we have had a couple of different situations where they seem to be sitting on the IRS website saying the taxes have been received, but no additional information. So, um at that point, I mean, as long as if it's been 21 days, theoretically, you can call the IRS. I don't think they're going to have a lot more to say to you other than what's on the on the website at that at that point. Um, but if you want to know the status of your refund, if you filed your taxes and it's been at least, you know, give it three or four days. If you've had that time, then I would suggest you can go to IRS.gov, click on where's my refund um, and follow the screens and it will tell you the status. Many times, most of the time, um, it will say it's expected to be deposited on this day if it's electronically deposited or check in the mail by this day. So just keep that in mind. So if you're looking for it, all right, let's hit Joe before the break and then we can go from there. Hey, Joe. Yeah, how you doing? I'm awesome. Yeah, I'm, me and my wife filed this year, and my wife makes about, uh, oh, 35, 36,000 a year, and uh, I'm on disability. And disability is around uh, 10. Mm-hmm. And we we filed together on a joint return. Was I supposed to put mine down on that? Well, yes. If you filed jointly, the disability would be potentially taxable. It may or may not be. I mean, obviously, it would be less than five thousand of it taxable, but a couple thousand may have fallen because of the fact that she makes thirty six. So you have to do it then. I, I thought you, uh, if you're on disability, you don't have to. Unless it's VA, it. unless it's VA disability, the answer is no. If it's Social Security disability, then yes, it is taxable when you're filing jointly. You could either, unfortunately, you can't really go backwards once you file the tax return jointly. It's, you really can't go to single married filing separately. Um, so uh, at this point, I would probably try to amend it just because you might owe a few dollars, and maybe you want to get a head start on that versus I waiting for them to. It. I filed it. I put it in that one little box here at the top there. You know, where you put half of your uh, Social Security down. Uh huh. Okay. Well, thanks for your no help. No worries, man. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Sounds like maybe he did. Um. All right. Let's get Richard. Hello, Richard. Hey, Doctor Friday. How you doing, sweetie? 
I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I got a quick question. Uh, I've started a uh, Roth IRA, and I was wondering if there's anything I had to do with that as far as tax-wise. No, nothing. Um, if it's through your employer, it will report automatically on your um, W-2. If you're doing it without outside of that, then no, there's no place for us to report that. Um, in our software, we have a place to actually put it in so we can track it, but it's not essential. It's, no ta- it's not a tax savings for you. It's after-tax dollars anyways. All right, well, I was wondering if I was doing it uh, myself. It's not through my employer, so I was just wondering if I needed to do anything. So. Nope, you're going to get a piece of paper from your investment company that you can track it with, so nothing you have to do. No, sir. All righty. Thank cool. you, Dr. Friday. Thanks, babe. Bye. All right, we're going to take our first break. If you want to join the show, it's really, really easy. You have to pick up a phone, though, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We're going to be right back after the break. Join us here live, 615-737-9986, So we have a couple deadlines coming up, March 15th being the most important in my world at least. Um, and that is because all corporate returns, partnership returns, um, sub-S corporations, obviously. Uh, so if you find an 1120 or 1120S, a 1065, which includes most LLCs, um, you have a deadline of March 15th of either filing extensions or of filing the fiscal tax return. Now, I will say, if you're one of my clients, we've uh, just finished up today filing all extensions for all businesses that we have uh, worked with. So. I'm an I'm I'm extremely anal about extensions. I will tell you that right now. The fee or the fine for filing a tax return late is absolutely ridiculous, um, and it's a silly one because we have an extension. If I file these returns on time by March fifteenth, who cares? And if I'm late or the taxpayer is out of town or unable to sign the release or whatever, and we have to file it in April or whatever. Boom, we're not late. Um, So, you know, and then, of course, the state, Tennessee, requires the franchise excise taxes to be filed uh, by April 15th. And then you also have your business tax due by April 15th. You have your annual uh, annual returns for those same entities. If you're a corporation or an LLC, if you're any type of entity with the Secretary of State, those are usually due April 1st. So we have, you know, the 15th and then we have April 1st. And then, of course, we have April 15th. And then we also have our extensions. I mean, our extensions due for individuals as well as our first estimated payment. So I know a lot of people are sitting there going, I don't really want to know how much money I owe. Um, If you're one of those, my suggestion is don't be, is to find out, even if you decide you're not sending in the tax return, find out how much money you owe. So you have the ability to either start making payments. Maybe you file an extension every year, but you know, if that extension means that you are putting off making the payments, maybe you should try to start paying quarterly earlier, figure out what you need to do, move it ahead, you know, versus waiting until the IRS is sending you the love letters. Now you've got, you know, 50, 60 percent penalties and interest um, if you wait for a year or two. It adds up really, really quickly. Um, I had a gentleman that owed, I think it was originally $22,000 in um, 
in, in for 2016 taxes, I think it was, uh, and he came in and they, they want 40, almost $40,000 now. So, you know, just making small payments can actually help, if nothing else, bite down some of that penalties and interest. There are some ways that you can exclude or get waivers on them. But, you know, if you can do it right in the beginning, you don't really want to have to chase the waiver. Um, save those for really big, important times so that you're not having. And if you have problems every year, the IRS isn't going to give you a waiver because they're like, well, you know, I've got this one client here that's paid their tax for the last 40 years. And, yeah, they made a mistake or they had an issue. Sure, we might give that person a break. But if you have a person that every few years basically files late, doesn't pay penalty, doesn't do quarterlies, doesn't do estimates of any site, then, you know, they're always asking for, you know, for a waiver, then likeliness is you're not going to get it, just like anything else. So if you want to join the show, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I will tell you, if you have a love letter and it does say that you owe penalties, um, not interest, interest is not able to be waived, only the penalties it never hurts to ask. Okay, so with every one of my clients, we certainly have a system in which we request the the waiver of them. I will say our odds are probably maybe 50-50, um, but maybe less than that. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So if you have it and you're making a deal, I will say again, here's a big misconception. A lot of these companies... Um, that chase people that have tax issues. The first thing they always tell you, oh, we can we can save you money. We can renegotiate with the IRS. If that person's sitting on a home with a lot of equity or they have the ability to take money out of retirement accounts or they have the ability to pay, but maybe they live higher than the IRS says that they should, in essence, living off IRS funds to support their life, the government is going to not make a deal with you. Okay, I mean, so not everybody gets a deal. Um, And I know, you know, some people are like, well, this is just crazy. Like the gentleman I'm talking about where he says, well, I now owe 40,000. This is really crazy. You know, I I can pay him the 22 now. But I mean, you know, the fact is, if you don't talk to him, if you don't make a deal, if you don't communicate, it's going to become more of a problem. So just keep that in mind when you're dealing with the IRS. There is programs, payment plans, offer and compromises. I'm always a suggesting, I mean, that's what we do all the time. We make deals with the IRS, but I, I always like to, I'm a realist, okay? So when you come into me, that's why before I take on a case, they understand pretty much what that case is going to be, what's required from you to do it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people can't pay the quarterlies even if I say you have to. Sometimes I had two cases in the last 20 years that I made the deal. We got it through. We, we got good standing. Two years later, they they defunct. They didn't file their taxes on time or they got behind on the taxes again. And if you're not good for five years, the deal you make is going to go bye-bye. So then the IRS going to come back and say, hey, wait a second. You said you were going to stay good. You were going to pay quarterlies. You are going to do everything right. And then you turn around and you don't. So it's, it's a serious business, especially if you're going to do this. So entrepreneurs, self-employed individuals, this is something we deal with every day. We have to pay our own taxes. So when someone gives me a check for a certain dollar amount, I know if it's a $1,000 check, I know I have to set 250 to $300 aside for Uncle Sam. It's not all my money. It's no different than your boss when he takes the money out of your paycheck. It's just the difference is we are our own bosses. Therefore, we have to be responsible for doing it. So when you prepare your own taxes, my suggestion is always to pay quarterlies. And don't forget the state of Tennessee. If you are an LLC multi-member or corporation, 
you have franchise excise tax. If you owe them more than a couple thousand dollars, you should be paying them quarterly. And there are some pretty steep fines if you don't pay quarterly. So you do want to make sure you've got that going and get it set up, get it done, make sure it's happening so you're not going to get fined with it. So if you haven't paid, and nowadays you have to do all that through TinTap, right? So if you have sales tax or if you have um, anything to do with um, business licenses, sales tax, franchise excise tax, at least all the top of my mind, those are the ones we have to do through the, the new software. And I had a, an interesting case where a gentleman, he had a, a security business and he was wanting to know, he's, he's looking to invest or to, to buy into this business and he wanted to know if sales tax was requested. And I will tell you through TinTap, if you've got a question about your type of business, maybe it's a legal question. In this guy's case was he wanted to make sure he knew all the taxes that were going to be due, right? So should I pay sales tax? Is this company, should they have a business license? Should they be a LLC or corporation? You know, going through the whole thing and he was told by some people, well, you know, you don't have to collect sales tax on security systems because, you know, all we're charging for labor and it's not necessary. Well, we I, I thought you did. Nowadays, services are taxable in Tennessee. So um, I went ahead and just sent a, a generic questionnaire out to the state of Tennessee. And sure enough, when it came back, unless it was tied, meaning that it was. Um, connected to the home, hardwired to the home, like the older security systems. This one, a lot of it was wireless, so it's removable. Um, and in doing that, I think the the state was basically saying they now they won't do case by case unless you request it. But his interpretation of my question was yes, this person should be charging sales tax on the installation. So. Um, And we got that directly from them. So you need to make sure because if the IRS comes back and audits you or the state of Tennessee audits you, you know, and you can sit there and say, well, no one else is doing it. So I shouldn't be responsible. That's not the answer they're going to be looking for. Their answer is don't do what everyone else is. Find out the right answer. So if you're in a business and you're not charging sales tax and you're not sure or it's a gray area, car washes, things like that. I have people that now if you do it for car Lots, many times you're you're doing it wholesale because it's built in the sale of the car. But if you're, I have a guy that just charges, you know, $50 to wash the cars. Now, I did talk to him. He said, well, the sales tax was built in. And that's fine. The numbers can be the same. But the fact is you need to be making sure that sales tax is being collected in your industry. Some are, some aren't. Doctors don't have to pay sales tax. Accountants don't have to pay sales tax. So you won't see it on every industry. And you want to make sure that you understand how that works. All right. That was my little uh, rant, I suppose. 615-737-9986 is the number here. 615-737-9986. Taking your calls, talking about all things taxes or maybe IRS issues. If you're receiving love letters, maybe you haven't received any love letters and you're a bit concerned from the Internal Revenue Service because you're like, well, I haven't really filed, but I haven't moved in 20 years, so maybe I don't have. I mean, keep in mind that every time someone doesn't file, does not mean that they should have or had to file, or maybe the worst situation, which is the last case I just did, gentleman hadn't filed for 18 years. Well, obviously going back 18 years would be ridiculous. So um, I went back, and I only had to go back three years. Why? Because this gentleman was leaving money on the table every single year. We can only get 15, 16, and 17 up to April 15th. Once April 15th, 15 drops off, and then we have 16, 17, and 18 only. So you need to make sure if you're filing for the past or doing something in the past and you haven't you know, filed your, your taxes, um, maybe now's the time to look and see what you have. All right, let's see if we can get Jerry on before I take my next break. Hey, Jer. 
Hey, how are you today? I am, awesome. uh, I am actually in the financial service business, oh, and uh, I have been approached by some um, of uh, my associates out of Texas that are getting pretty large uh, R&D tax credit refunds mm-hmm. from the IRS. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. And can you elaborate any more on that, please? Well, are you invested in, in oil and things? Well, it's not necessarily oil. We're talking about uh, research and development um, uh, uh, tax credits for small businesses. Oh, um, well, no, I can't really elaborate a lot. I mean, there is two different tax breaks out there for people that do research and development. Obviously, the current tax law is in our favor. Is that the industry you're in? Because I thought you uh, Well, no, actually, this is... Uh, um, I'm looking for information on it simply for the fact that uh, it seems like there are, regardless of what type of small business you have, if you have uh, employees and you're using uh, technology to promote your business, so on and so forth, that there are certain tax credits that uh, can be taken advantage of. And I just want to know if you knew anything about that. You know, no, I don't. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, you have to. I, I know that you have to be less than five million dollars. I know that you have to have certain grosses that you know. I mean, certain things that fall into. Um, if you have a certain industry, let's say it's an engineer or scientist, and they're degree holding, there are certain benefits that we can get for having hired them. Um, you know, some of that does kick in the AMT tax. That's you know, but most of the time when I'm running into it, to be honest, is people that have received K ones with those credits. Um, and they, they turn around and create some tax issues on, on the, um, on, on the client side because they don't, they're not able to obtain if it's a pass through company, right? It's a 1065 LLC. They get it on their K one, the R and D credit then rolls over and based on their income and, and situation, it can be a problem. But I, I don't do a lot of corporate tax returns that do a lot of, you know, R and D or research and development. Um, to be okay. quite honest, so probably not a great advice. Well, that's not well. That's fair enough. Uh, like I say, I just want to see if I can pick your brain so I could uh, be of service to my clients. I appreciate your time very no much. No problem. Thank Thanks, you. buddy. Bye. That was a great question, and and uh, now I feel like I need to do a little more research on it. I do know where it falls because I've got a couple clients that it actually falls on the form, but I. Need to find more information. All right. Why don't we take more of a break? 615-737-9986. the number here in the studio. And we're going to be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. Because I'm the tax man. The monkeys or somebody? Or do you know who that is? The Beatles. The Beatles. Okay. Well, there you go. I should have figured that. The tax man. Well, there you go. I like that one. All right. We are here in the Dr. Friday show. We hope to stay away from the tax man. Of course, they were from England, so God knows they're paying a little bit more taxes than we were. And still are. You know, so if you want to join the show, 615-737-9986, taking your phone calls, talking about all things taxes. Hopefully I know the answers. Um, if you don't, uh, I will always be able to look up some of that information for you and get a better information. I am doing myself a quick read on research and development. Uh, mainly they're looking at payroll credits 
unfortunately, it looks like in most of those cases that they have certain limitations. So, all right, why don't we go right to the phone lines? We've got people joining us. We've got Tracy on the line. Hey, Trace. Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Friday? I am awesome. What do you got going? Great. I've got a question for you. I just filed my taxes with my CPA, mm-hmm. and I'm a uh, owner-operator of a small trucker company, uh-huh. two trucks. Mm-hmm. I sold a truck and bought a more expensive truck, and he said I had to claim that as income. So when you sell the other truck, right? So when you sold the truck, you have to pay as income. But he also could do a section one seventy nine on the new truck, so it might wash itself out. But theoretically, he probably depreciated or taken taken all the depreciation on the truck that you sold. And it's a crazy law because you get the instant gratification the year you buy it, but then if you sell it, we have to pick it up as income in that year, and any depreciation becomes ordinary income. So okay. he is correct. Okay, yeah, I'd I'd appreciate it out over the course of three years. Yeah, and many times we'll do it in the first year, depending on what you have. But bottom line is, if you've depreciated it out, then he'll be able to do the same thing on the new one. And he could take the whole depreciation in one year if it's a matter of putting you in a tax bind. But three years is better. I I did take the the full depreciation on this one. Oh, did you? So that way, hopefully, it offset the gain on the other so you can at least wash. doesn't give you as much. Thank you very much, Dr. No problem. Thanks, Trace. Thank you. All right, we got Deborah on the line. Hello, Deb. Hello, how are you? I am good. What can I do for you? Um, I have two questions. I'm, okay. I'm getting started on the taxes. One, I just wanted to verify um, from what I was told on the um, 1099. This year we had a new entry, which was um, the Section 199A dividend. Mm-hmm. So... I actually called the IRS, and they told me that I didn't have to worry about that because it's included in my ordinary dividends. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. We, we okay. are putting it in, but it is included, yes. Okay. And then um, I determined that our daughter, who's 23, that's a student, um, is a dependent. So she wouldn't, because of age, you know, can do the child tax credit, but possibly the credit for other dependents. Well, she could have so, edu- other dependents plus educational credit if she's in college. Okay. And um, I guess I was not clear on what form you would do for the credit for other dependents. You talked about the form 8862 and the instructions on page 41, but that kind of looked more like it was for the EIC. Right. Um, so she's a college it should be on, let's see, dependent. That's a good question. I'm going to look it up really quick myself because, to be quite honest, you know, I use a tax software and I get a cheat, Deb. It automatically mm-hmm. goes to the form. Um, IRS form. I'm on the IRS website right now, so let's see here. Uh, looks like dependent claimed IRS. looks like an 8332. Let's see if that's going to be the right one. Let's see what that is. Revision, release. No, that's the release form for the uh, if the, if you've got a minor child. So, it's you know, that's a great question because IRS. Well, I couldn't really see in the instructions anything definitive. So, over the age of eighteen. Here we go. Let's see what we got here. Dependent of a blah blah blah. Twenty nineteen W four. Eight eight six two. That's after allowance. Claiming one if the file is qualified. 
So, uh, you know what? I may have to, Deb, I may have to call you back on that one. I don't know if I can give you the, the answer on that right on the radio because I'm unfortunately okay. sitting here and doing it. But um, we may have to give you a call back um, if you want or just call me after the show and I'll get the answer. If I can find it in a second, I'll even put it on the radio and just let you know what the dependent page is. It sounds bad, but unfortunately our, our system does all of that by itself. So I never actually looked at the page number that you would have it. Normally it should be on the 1040, just at the top, you know, where it has your name, your husband's name, if you're married and then the child's name, and then would have their social security number all on the front of the 1040. But I don't know if it actually physically carries over to another page or if it's actually right there on that page, and that's the only place it applies. I'll have yeah. to look it up I mean, and see. Got line 12 is child tax credit or slash credit for other dependents, but then when you go to line 12 instructions, it doesn't really say how to handle it. Yeah, it should be $500 for children over the age of 17 um, straight out, and that could be for your parents or anyone. You know, I'm just saying any anybody that's over the age of 17 would be. But then, the, then you're going to have to file the um, – means test to see if the child is a true qualified child just like you would earn income or anything else mm-hmm. that but okay. we can look at that if that helps no that'd sure. be great to get back okay. on it you got it thanks girl thank you but all right unfortunately on the radio sometimes you know it, dead air probably is not a good side <laughs> we, we keep moving on so if you've got a question i'm not batting a thousand today but uh working on it 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 taking your calls talking about taxes or tax issues um if i don't know the answer i promise you i can find the answer to most of these questions But, again, um, I know the publication, and it looks like it's going to be either Form 2120 or 2. I think the 2332 is obviously the other side of it. But we're going to find out the exact answer when we get back from that. But if you want to join the show, 615-737-9986 is the phone number here if you want to join. Or maybe you know the answer to these questions because, you know what, I'm not batting a 1,000. So, um as, as we're working here and dealing with this issue, you can tell I'm multitasking. If you've got questions or if you want to deal with something, you know, the IRS does have some good payment plans. They do have some offer and compromises. And at this time of the year, I'm, I'm really keen on actually sending the installment plan to them when I file the taxes. So that way the client is already getting set up for a payment plan when you do it. You don't always have to wait for the love letter. You can do it at the right time. Hey, Rose, what you have? Hi, I was just calling to find out, do, you, do the loved ones of someone who's passed away, do we need to file taxes? So you want to, well, you do want to file a final tax return because you want the IRS to close off that social security number. Even if they haven't filed in a number of years, we always file in the year of passing. Okay. Now, would his, um, his wife do that or his his child or well, his if son. he's if he's married, he would she would put it on her own personal tax return if she's filing tax returns. If not, then I would just file one under his, and then you on the tax return is a place that says date of decease, and and then if there's any refunds, they can refund it to the wife, whatever the situation might be on that. Okay, so. But, is that is that all true for all states or? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you want to make sure because you know someone could. Not hopefully, but someone could try to take his Social Security number or whatever, and you really want to have that make sure that number is closed. Okay. I understand that um, his wife um, had filed her own separate taxes, so we're just trying to figure out what's the best step, the next okay. best step. So just file one for him, married filing okay. separately. Because, for I mean, the deceased. 
For the deceased, right. But did she file married filing separately or did she file single? I'm not sure. I think she filed single and, you know, he just passed away in November. So it's our, our first time with, you know, experiencing this. We're not sure how to proceed. Yeah, I, I will tell you my my personal opinion on that would be to amend her tax return, list the the husband because they should have filed married. I mean, uh-huh. she, she wasn't single, and even if he passed away on the last day of the year, um, they would be considered. Or if the first day of the year, they're married for the whole year. So okay. you know, one way or the other, you should probably just in, I would just amend hers, add him and any income and whatever he had, and then make sure I put his passing. It would it would even come across the top of the tax return showing he had deceased, and then you know if there's any additional refunds or anything, it would come to the wife. Okay, thank you. No problem. Thanks. Uh-huh. All right, let's see. We got Joe. Hey, Joe. Hello. Jo- Hello, Joe. My question is about reporting tip income yes okay does that all have to be reported is there a figure that if you're below that it's not required to report or what there is no below that that your your tip income should be reported okay yeah it's normally on the w-2 it will pick up some of that but sometimes some of the employers aren't really great at that so my suggestion no I, i get a lot of 1099s oh gotcha that's interesting. Okay. So you're just going to add that into, oh, you mean like for riding Uber or Lyft kind of thing, maybe? Or well, no, just a uh, uh, hospitality worker, okay. gotcha. tour guide, that tour kind guides, of thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, I, I would because it goes towards you supporting your way of life. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's going to agree with Friday because it's probably cash and there will be you're crazy. But my opinion is the IRS does means testing and one way you could say I survived the way I do because I have tips. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, we take a quick break and we get back. I'll see if I can answer the question on where you actually have to put the child on the tax return. And meanwhile, you can join us here. 615-737-9986. <laughs> I'm Dr. Friday, and if you have questions on taxes, this is the show you want to join us on. So, let's go to right to the phones. Brenda's been holding. Hey, Brenda. Hello. What can I do for you, girl? Well, my question is, if if my husband has been paid a car allowance, are we also allowed to write off his mileage? Is he in a W-2? Yes. No, you are not any longer. Okay. That answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> One of them, I got a great answer finally. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the 2106 so, so where we used to do that is gone. We Through 17, you were able to do that, but in uh, 18, it's gone. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, sweetheart. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And for the young lady that called me, I think it was Deb, um, schedule three is where you might have the college educational credit. Otherwise, there is no extra schedule. It goes from the front page. If you're doing it manually, directly to line 12, and then it will add to 
whatever you might have from Schedule 3, and all of that will go into the box two uh, of that box. There's two boxes on line 12. One will be for the total dependents at the $500 or whatever, um, $2,000 if they're under the age of 16, 500 if they're over. Um, and then if there's any educational credits or any um, child care credit, um, that they would all add up to everything. But you would add a Schedule 3 for those other ones. All right. I really need to bring in my whole tax software, apparently, so I can actually uh, get a little bit more. You also do need to make sure that you are doing the child test um, since it's your own child and and they're under the age of, I think you said she was 18 or 19 and she's going to college. I think all that would meet the the child test, but you do want to make sure you have that. They require all of us to take a, a means test to make sure that they qualify as a qualified child or a qualified relative. And really the difference between your child would be a quali- qualified relative because anything is a qualified child would be age 16 and under the year they turn 17. They go from being your child to being your relative. I think that's just the tax thing. They don't change in your household, people. That's just terminology. So if you've got questions or you want to deal, maybe you've been dealing with a lot of taxes or maybe now this weekend is the weekend you've decided you are going to conquer your taxes. So um, I think you're going to find it's a little simpler. I am, um, you know, doing doing taxes by hand personally, I think some leaves things to be a little harder. Um, there are free softwares or softwares that are minimal. I would probably say break down and, and pay a few dollars and either use a free software. I think if you're an individual making, I don't know, I think it's like less than 40 or a married couple making less than 60, um, you can you can actually do it for free. Just go to irs.gov, click on tax preparation, free tax preparation or whatever, and you can find it there. Um, but I, I would definitely look to see if uh, there was a software because you know, when I first started 20 plus years ago, um, a lot of people were still doing paper returns. And one of the number one mistakes that people usually had on paper returns was just mathematical errors, or people weren't taking the right deductions because they were having to use workbooks to calculate taxes. um, And that would lead to errors on calculations. So at least using some software that you can count on or hopefully count on to at least calculate things correctly is the answer as far as I'm concerned. All right, we're almost done with the show. So if you've got uh, any questions and you can do it quickly, you can join the show for the next few minutes, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about all things taxes. Um, you will find if you are preparing your own taxes, we do have some pretty unique things. We've got Schedule 1, Schedule 2, and Schedule 3, which is where I got a little confused on some of this because we go from there to some of the forms that we're actually really used to doing, you know, like the 2441 for child care. Um, you know, it will roll to the Schedule 3 and then to Line 12, as I was saying. So it simplifying the tax code may or may not have happened, but it does actually work and, and have things coming through and, and doing things. So if you've got questions on that or anything like that, you can also email me at Friday at DRFriday.com. That's my first name, Friday at DRFriday.com. Let's get Trey really quick before the break. Hey, Trey. Hey, Dr. Friday. Hey, uh, one time before I spoke with you, and I think you mentioned about my daughter. She's autistic. Mm-hmm. And is there any extra tax breaks on her disability? Or like, I think, uh, yeah, I think you said something like five hundred dollars or something like that. I'm, well, I'm she, not sure. She, yeah, she would be considered dependent if she's over the age of seventeen. She will be forever. I mean, unlike some children, um, she would be a dependent. Now, she just has Social Security disability. 
No, she don't have it oh. yet. We've applied for it, but they haven't um, accepted her yet. Okay. Is that considered earned income? So she will always be your dependent, even though, okay. and you won't pay tax on her disability. Um, you know, so, you know, whatever you want to do on that. So once she gets that and, you know, it's a lot of work and having to get the custodial and everything for her, but obviously, um, you know, anyone with the special needs, but there is no, there are some credits still out there if you have to buy a special van or, you know, things like that for the child or whatever, but all in all, there's not a lot of different disability credits for us on the tax code. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, sir. All right, we are getting down towards the end of the show, so I do want to make sure you remember the deadlines. If you run a business and you are an LLC partnership, not you single-member ones, um, corporations, um, then you need to make sure, you know, 15th will be here before you know it, and so you need to file an extension or file the tax return. If you need help, you can contact us. Um, You will see that my calendar is full this year, um, with exception of my own clients. If you're a returning client, we always still have spots for all of our returning clients. Uh, Just, you know, having a difficult time bringing in new ones at the point, you know, mad rush we may um have to file extensions for some of the new ones if they come in or if we still need to if you still want to work with us we can file extensions and then do your taxes right after the tax window but getting you into this time clock may or may not work so don't uh, hesitate to contact us we'll, we'll see what we can do to help you um otherwise you know when it comes to filing your taxes make sure you file don't don't just not file like i was saying earlier um there are a lot of people that don't realize that they are ending up with um refunds being left on the table i know if you're googling how's the new tax code working for everybody um there is a lot of negativity out there personally Again, been doing taxes for 20 plus years. I'm finding that, you know, at least 85% of my clients are doing better or breaking even on the tax code. Um, Yes, there are some people, taxes can't be equal to all. And so some people, including myself, not going to benefit uh, from the tax code. But in most cases, people are saying they're getting a lot less back than they expected. But I don't think people are looking at, I'm pretty anal about it with my clients, showing them how much money they paid in 17 for the same amount of money they earned in 18, but yet they paid in less federal withholding because they got more on each paycheck, plus they're still getting a refund. So the refund may not be as high as they expected, but that's because they also received that money over the last 52 weeks, well, a little less than 52 weeks when the tax code kicked in. So, you know, I I don't know if the uh, Internet is actually giving it a fair shake. Um, One way or the other, we're stuck with it for the next five years. So, you know, we need to make adjustments. So now is the time. 18, we were winging it to a point trying to give the best tax advice. Now we've got the taxes filed. We can help people figure out, are you going to be taxed at this rate? How much of it are you itemizing? I will tell you, we are doing a lot less Schedule A's than we've done in my lifetime. Not as many people itemizing. It's just a lot harder. Remember to itemize individuals. If you're under the age of 65, it's going to be 12000 And if you're a married couple under the age of 65, then it's going to be 24000 And if you're over, then, you know, married couple over the age of 65 is going to be, what, 26-6? And I think it's like 13-3 for an individual or 13-6 for an individual that is over the age of 65. So 
it's a lot harder. There are some ways, depending on your situation, you know, especially if you're a big charity giver, I would suggest doing the, the brunching where you, you, you bunch, you know, every other year. You've heard me talk about this for quite a bit, but every other year you do your charitable contributions and you pay your property taxes. You will be leaving money on the table, I'm sure, in some cases. I know myself, even though um, I never had the problem in the past, but, you know, the SALT or the, the state income tax, property tax um Part of the Schedule A is locked in at $10,000. So if your property taxes and sales tax, especially if you're doing it every two years, you may exceed the 10000 but at least you'll hit the 10000 as mine because otherwise I, I won't be exceeding it. So, um, you know, you have to just take an account. And property taxes um, on all properties is deductible. So just remember, it's not just your primary home, but if you've got pieces of land or investment properties, as long as they're not being rented out, because that should be on your Schedule E, um, you can take those off. All right. So if you want to join or talk to me, you can at 615-367-0819. That's my direct line, 615-367-0819. You can also check out the web, drfriday.com. That's drfriday.com. Or you can email me. Friday at drfriday.com. Friday, like the day of the week, at D is in David, R is in Richard, Friday.com is my direct email. So if you've got questions or if you need help with the IRS, you know what? Now's the time to go ahead and start getting the ball rolling. You know, it's going to take a little while to make something happen. And if you want to buy a house or do something, you need to start early. It's been an awesome show. Hope you guys have a fabulous Saturday. Call you later.